So um, as we gather together this evening, uh, just a yeah, warm welcome to those more recently arrived. Um, like to uh, this evening offer the first in a series of three talks actually over the next tonight and the next two Fridays on the uh, five spiritual faculties Um, and I hope it will be helpful in some way for you I uh, and we are all practicing in different ways and different places with that and so I hope that sounding some of these great themes will be of help and support to you in your practice uh, yeah wherever you are in that can everybody hear me all right yeah great so um, I'm gonna be using as a kind of uh, a basis or an anchor for these talks um, a uh, passage from Sayadaw Utajaniya Utajaniya I'm not sure how you say that Um, on these five spiritual faculties um, which when developed become uh, powers called the five powers and um, so maybe I'll just um, read these to you and then say a little bit uh, about uh, about this and then I'll be focusing tonight on the factor of faith so this is the this is the passage from the side out and I'll be repeating this and putting it on the board so if you want to refer to it it will be there for you when there is faith sadta effort will arise when there is effort virya Mindfulness will become continuous. When mindfulness, sati, is continuous, stability of mind will be established. When stability of mind, samadhi, is established, you will start understanding things as they are. When you start understanding things as they are, Panya, faith will grow stronger. See here? So, here is one of those wonderful kind of positive or feedback loops that we can find in the Buddha's teachings, can't in lots of ways, where there's a, a process, and in a way, we can enter that or sense into any aspect of that. You know, it feels like here we're beginning with faith and I'm going to speak about that this evening but I have the sense also that at times maybe we are way in in a way to this positive process this this uh, awakening process that maybe for us sometimes it's it's actually we get in there through effort we actually know how to make effort and that kind of brings us into that process or at times maybe it's um the understanding, actually, that we we kind of bring to mind 
some of our wisdom, our understanding, and then somehow that supports the the process. Um, so I think it's so interesting in different ways, you know, how much the Buddha talks, the way the teachings are offered often in groupings. And I think part of this is that our, you know, there's a tendency of mine, isn't it? We want to know the bit, the thing, you know, just give me the magic wand or the, the, the switch. <laughs> and sort of, just give me one thing to do, to kind of... And I, I feel like it's just never that. It's somehow always about groups of qualities or processes which, you know, include different factors. And there's a sort of a kind of dynamic, fluid kind of process like quality to to our learning and to our practice and and obviously when the mind is really um, at times you know very very full the sense of a lot of faculties being developed we can also at times come we can kind of look into the mind and see oh yeah some faith and yeah mindfulness is happening and 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 there's some steadiness and Ah, oh, yeah, you know, seeing clearly some some aspect of experience. So we can also we can also see this as um, like a mind as a, a field, field of awareness or field of energy, in which these different qualities are growing, blossoming. So different images we might have for this. So this is the this is the teaching I'd like to 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 just hold up for us over the next couple of weeks. And I feel like, you know, in a situation like this at the Forest Refuge where there's this wonderful diversity of practice, you know, and people just arrived and people just leaving and different focuses and emphases, but somehow something like this to me I often I go back to these great themes because I feel like they can they can have this anchoring effect, you know, like oh, however we're practicing, you know, can we that the, the, it's likely to be skillful practice if if these five qualities right are present and being taken care of, and and the way that we can then use that to kind of maybe balance and find maybe what's needed, you know, what's a bit weaker, because often we have tendencies, don't we? Or um, So sometimes the these five powers are talked about in two pairs, and then mindfulness is the, uh, is the great um, support for uh, wise discernment of what's needed. So in the way that wisdom and faith are... are can be seen to balance each other, so uh, you can kind of you can can check that out um, for yourself. Um, or also samadhi and energy, or samadhi and effort. This virya, that 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 way that they can balance each other. One you know sometimes can be strong and then the other weak, and yeah, just kind of find that helpful in my own practice at times. Um, so there's a sense that they're all supporting and um, they're all supporting each other, they can balance each other. And the Buddha refers to these five faculties as leaders or guardians. 
um, as qualities or factors of mind that merge in the deathless. So we can hear from that that, that these factors have huge power, power to liberate the mind from suffering, from ignorance. And I, I haven't... Yeah, just an image of, of which I'd just like to offer where where we so often isn't it we create images, sort of time bound images or distance based images that somehow it's it's about we're here and we've got to get there. So I have an image of these these factors of mind pointing kind of, if you like, inward to a, to a quiet open center so that's uh, different again just all these images can be helpful so just uh, feel free to pick up on whatever feels helpful but I often feel like for many of us we have that kind of you know galloping ahead of ourselves kind of energy with with practice so to imagine or feel that somehow that actually it's 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 these factors are leading are leading us actually deep more deeply inward. But that's again not as a fixed view, but just as a possible skillful means. Um, so I'd like to to speak a little bit about faith, sadha this evening, and just offer some uh, some thoughts. Um, Never feel quite ready to give a talk, and then I thought, well, isn't that how it is? You know, somehow our, our sort of accepting that we we are where we are at with our understanding, and um, there's always something more to learn, and there's always uh, new understandings that, that emerge. So I really was noticing that um, with this theme. And in a way, I think, yeah, what is faith? Like, you know, do you... I mean, I have to confess, for me, this is a weaker point. So, I know for some of you, it might be very, very strong. So I probably have a lot to learn from you about this. Um, And what, I guess, the main intention of the talk is to encourage you to, to reflect and to know and to know how to uh, bring that alive for yourself because I really think that it works differently for different people. I'll say a bit more about that. You know, you can look at the Buddha and, you know, just nothing happens. Or, you know, and it's meant to be there as an inspiration and encouragement. But, uh, you know, maybe that works for you. And again, it can change, can't it? I can remember one point in my practice I... I, I sat in the hall and through difficult times and I would look up at the Buddha Rupa at Gaia House and, and just feel encouraged. Somehow I, I, I made that meaning there. So you probably have your own, your own ways, maybe through taking refuge you know, in the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. And, and, and yeah, I think for some of us, it takes some exploration, it takes some reflection. Like, what does this mean? And there can be more in the way of that, and I want to talk a bit about that later, what can actually make that a difficult uh, quality to access, to, to cultivate. Um, so what, 
I shall just say a few maybe different aspects of this quality of faith. Um, often spoken about in the suttas as a something that happens in in the person listening to the Dharma, you know, either the Buddha or one of the other disciples, you know, and you hear this like the hearing of the Dharma and the faith and you know comes forth. So what is that? What is that? Maybe you know that in yourself at times when you're listening to a talk or any any time really. Um, you just something connects for you and you feel for me it's often I, I have a sense of encouragement. That's that's often how it, it manifests for me, feels like that. Maybe it's it's like a a sense of something that um inspires obviously that's another that's sort of and the inspiration that feeling of you know of taking in some energy so or taking in something energizing taking in something that's bringing life into the system bringing bringing us to life like somehow that that word kind of points to that aspect of somehow taking something in and sort of have this life-giving sense to it and maybe that's that's opens up a sense of possibility or it puts us in touch with our potential as a human being as a practitioner you know that 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 maybe we can't put it into words and maybe the words that i use or other people use don't quite do it but you you feel it you know it the sense of ah there's something possible, there's, there's something I don't know yet, there's some, some other way of being in the world, there's some potential that's here and now, it's not separate from, you know, this moment and this being and this life, where, where it's, it, we kind of sense or intuit a kind of a different way of being in the world, a different way of seeing, a different way of... Um, uh, yeah, of being in the world that is um, marked by freedom, peace. Other again, what what is it for you? But it's that sense. I can remember this in my early retreats. I don't know if you get. You know, you've been doing this longer. I don't know. <laughs> you read all the books, and somehow that freshness of, you know, those early retreats. I can go and just going. Oh, I have no idea what they're talking about, but great, you know, yeah. <laughs> I could, you could feel something really lovely, something nourishing, something for your welfare, something lifting you up, or something to, something to open to that's for your welfare. And I do think sometimes, again, maybe it's different for different ones of us, that that actually that's it that's 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 what we need it's maybe more like a sense than a and it's not a belief is it it's it's like that like i'm not sure i could really c- communicate to anybody what that sense is for me it's it's not it's not easy to put into words so we hear we hear dharma we we hear words sometimes that just 
encourage and inspire us and and who knows quite why maybe it's the words of the buddha you know we've heard them a long time you know many many times that something just touches us and we're like, oh or oh wow you know just what we needed to hear or something suddenly revealed so there's definitely isn't there there's a sense that actually it's the listening and the being available to be inspired you know that's probably is that readiness that willingness to to hear you know uh, and almost hear maybe what we need to hear that isn't the words maybe not anything i'm saying but something is something that's being pointed to that you can feel and know uh, for yourself and I was thinking, you know, so many different teachings over the years, and maybe you have particular passages, particular teachers, you know, particular suttas from the Buddhist teachings that you go back to again and again that um, have provided and, and often provide some something really encouraging and inspiring. And sometimes these, uh, these messages of Dharma come to us you know, all kinds of ways from many different directions. And uh, I, I want to share one uh, Rumi poem that I've shared a lot over the years of teaching. And somehow it, we'll see how it goes when I read it to you now, but I often feel inspired and encouraged by it. I don't know if you will, but again, it's knowing what your what it is for you this is just one example um, and in the in in the listening maybe something here for you it's the guest house by rumi this being human is a guest house every morning a new arrival a joy a depression a meanness some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your home empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. So... I don't know what touches you, if anything, from that. But um, I think for me in my process, especially earlier, but also now, it's been extremely important for me to keep being reminded and understanding more and more deeply that trouble is part of the path. I, I said that you know, a couple of weeks ago, something like... It is not, not the path. And 
you know, there's something in us that just doesn't want that to be the case. <laughs> Why is it? It's the way it is. It's the way it is, yeah. And for me, in different teachings from teachers, like to keep to like, that this sense of difficulty, it's the trust, a growing trust, or the trust that comes and goes, that it can be transmuted that it is actually the ground of awakening, potentially, and that it is actually also traditionally spoken of as a proximate cause of faith. It's like, hmm, you know, dukkha. Dukkha in all its forms is a proximate cause of faith. Now that's something to really, really look at, explore and understand really you know, for ourselves, with our, it's all very well in theory, but when, you know, the rubber hits the road, or I don't know if that's the right expression, (laughs) you know, when we're meeting something really difficult in the world, you know, in another person, in in our health, in in the health of another person dear to us, in death, in, in, you know, just all of that, that whole, and that, something about a teaching which I think for me is you know the Buddha's teaching is like it's meeting us where we are and leading us onward meeting us where we are with dukkha in whatever form and saying there is a way there is a way through this or with this there is a freedom there there is a peace that can be found that doesn't deny any of this and I think that, I don't know, coming to practice with so much, you know, absolutely loaded down the dukkha, <laughs> this, this sense of whatever is here, whatever is happening, is, is a guide sent from beyond. I've, I, that, uh, that, that, that still touches me. That still really speaks to me. And then... So then the way that through our, our practice we, um, you know, as, as the Sayadaw was saying, you know, we've, we've at this point, all of us done a lot of practice. And through that practice, through going on retreat and bearing through what, you know, and discovering and finding and feeling uh, fruitions and fruits and learning about how to uh, meet difficulty and then you know we're inspired to continue because we know we know we we've, we we sort of carry with us some sense of confidence or trust or faith and I think this is something I often say in different ways is to encourage you to really know and turn to what you know you know isn't it that's our wisdom, our, our, the, the, this is, uh, what we can, we can miss, or we can not connect with, we cannot use in a way our own resource of, 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 yeah, that we, we, we know what's helpful, we know that, and here it is, here is that knowledge and wisdom, we don't have to look anywhere else. And so there's that sense of faith that's validated through our experience. 
And that's probably a key thing, isn't it, that we have to keep. We have to keep that process going because life keeps bringing us different challenges. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> certain sense in which it's, um, we need to keep that cultivation going. Isn't it? Especially when we're, yeah, I know it can, it can get diffused in our lives and then come back on retreat and sort of strengthen that. And, but also, obviously, there are ways of living and working and relating in our life that, that are equally beneficial to this process, isn't it? It's not that we can only do this on retreat. It's, it's also, also in our life. And what I see is so beautiful to see in so many of you, of, of people who've, you know, come and go here, that's so inspiring to me. And probably, again, this is for you with, with others in your life and maybe others here that you see this, you, you can maybe sometimes see it more in others than you can in yourself, that sense of a kind of um, how can I put this? Uh, a sense of somebody really, you really know that you know or you you have a sense of direction or it's not like you know everything and you've got it all figured out, but there's a kind of bright kind of um, heart, like embodied almost. Maybe that's what it is. It's an embodied sense of um, faith, confidence in the practice. Um, obviously not, you know, absolute, um, but I, I see that. I see that. That's so inspiring to me to see that in you. And a real commitment that comes, as I guess as faith matures, it's like this, it becomes something more like a commitment or a conviction or even just a devotion, a more full sense of devotion. So that's just hopefully just something about this, this uh, what's being pointed to here in this quality. Um, and that it's not... Um, it's not a belief, it's not an ideal. Like I think um, maybe, I don't know how it was for you, but for me one of the things that was so refreshing coming to practice was I wasn't asked to believe anything. And uh, something so freeing about that. That, and that faith, you might might actually see it as something that helps us to let go of our positions and fixed views about anything, about ourselves, about others, about what's possible, about the world. That faith is, again, when it's balanced with wisdom, doesn't it have that power to, to sort of, to support you, you know, through whatever's happening. So we might also think of it maybe as a sort of, as a sense of, of direction or just really knowing what we're, what we're valuing, what we're, what we're committed to. So I'd like to, to talk a bit about um, what, oh, the experience in a way when there is no faith or there is little faith or so so what is sort of like the 
the opposite or the far enemy or something like that. This, these experiences of um, self-doubt, doubt in the practice, in the teachings, or um, anxiety, um, you know, despair, just thinking some of the different manifestations there might be of that. Um, you know, a sense of kind of despond, giving up, or, you know, can't, I can't. You know, that whole kind of sense of, of, of I, I can't uh, that c- can creep in around doubt. You know, that sort of identification and the sense of the person who can't kind of emerging out of that. And I'd like to share with you some teaching. I, I hope this is relevant to some of you, not just me. Um, <laughs> but there's something about trust and distrust. And I, I, I'm going to share this with you. I hope it will be of some help. Um, so this is a teaching from Tony Packer. And I, I want to go through... Something that she, I, I, this was in some ancient notes that I just found this week, and it, 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 it resonated so strongly as it, as it did then. So to see how, um, how pervasive mistrust or distrust can be uh, in, in us in a way which we don't even see it, we don't even, we don't even understand that's what's happening, like in inhibiting that possibility of faith. You know, um, not trusting ourselves, not trusting the practice, um, but as a as a as a kind of as a um, as a almost like a default. And I think for you know maybe for many of us, it's just part of our the response to conditions. Maybe early family experience, or you know early childhood hurts or abandonments or you know that have, have sort of marked the the, the, the mind of the personality with a sense of, of distrust it's kind of you know it's not it has conditions it's not it's not you know there's a reason why that's that's there or because we've what we've met in the world you know that somehow the that sense of of being hurt or betrayed or you know even just meeting the conditions like such as racism or sexism or other forms of of oppression that then become internalized and part of that to me is a sense of yeah doubt self-doubt disempowerment and not and a kind of just distrust that you know it's like understandable I'd like to share Tony's teaching because I, I feel like this can really maybe reveal some of that dynamic in us in a helpful way. So she talks about trust and I'm calling it conditional trust. So trust that's related to conditions involves predicting with a sense of security that things will continue in the way we want them to based on memory and wishful thinking. <laughs> Sound familiar? You know, and obviously, you know, on a functional level and and 
in a way for a young child and developmental love, it's like there's, we've got to trust, haven't we? It's like you trust there's going to be milk in the fridge, you know, and generally there is, and or you trust that you're going to get up in the morning. Of course, we don't know that. So it's, you know, to me, it's like, okay, there's some, there's something pointed to here where, you know, if we didn't predict anything, we wouldn't take another step because we can't be sure the floor's going to be there. But we do. We do take a next step. And the floor is there until it isn't. <laughs> you know, we trust the next breath will come until it doesn't. So then can you hear, then there's a, there's a movement there at all to trust that is really not connect or not dependent on conditions, being a certain way. So maybe we can see ourselves, you know, this conditional trust, predicting. And of course, we all know we like get let down on a really regular basis. And it's like conditions just, just you know, reliably unreliable. <laughs> People places, weather, health, you know. And yet, you know, we, we can, again, on a functional level, well, you know, we can, uh, we can continue. We can uh, walk down the hall to do a yogi job and maybe we'll get there. You don't know that. But why not proceed on that basis? It's going to do a yogi job is a skillful thing, skillful intention. So if you don't, you don't. Distrust, this is Tony again, is the withdrawal from the present moment out of the fear of being hurt based on memories and expectations. Okay, so I think what feels so crucial here to me is, is not that the world isn't going to, you know, be mean but it's the withdrawal because it might and it did ah that feels like a very small tight kind of claustrophobic place to be withdrawn withdrawn distant from things from even the breathing because it might stop And it will stop. <laughs> but do you see the difference? It's like there's... So based on memory, based on expectation, it did happen, it will happen. <gasps> kind of, you know, withdrawal. So this is not denying the need for wise caution. And, you know, we... we so I think I feel what she's pointing to is is something quite... Well, it's, it's so much of what our practice is. Like, can we, this intimacy, like coming close to experience? Because even though that's scary, especially if there's a lot of distrust and we have this experience, a lot of withdrawing and distancing ourselves, it can feel like the last thing you want, you know, to come into the body. Well, no way, you know, or come and be here. No, it's, it's awful, or it will be, or it might be. But it actually. strange thing maybe we I don't know if you I, I, that's another thing I seem to f discover over and over again that the safest place to be is right here the way things are 
right? There's something about that. Um, so, the last piece from Tony's teaching, which points to maybe uh, a way of practicing, a way of cultivating a sense of trust, she calls momentary trust, momentary trust which is based on the awareness that things are changing now. So this awareness of here we are, here we are, things are changing and I'm not not afraid, not fearfully withdrawing, not uh, making trust an idea, you know, an idea to, to, um, to, to hang on to or to extend. So I know there's a lot there, but somehow momentary trust to me speaks of, of very much of the, this, the practice of mindfulness and tr- learning that actually faith and trust, maybe this is its most important soil and the ground on which it grows is here. I can trust my, the feeling of my butt on the chair. And I can I can trust even the pain in my body. It because I know it. It's here. It's real feeling. I don't know. To me, this is very very counter something. You know, counter I guess withdrawal and distrust that somehow. No, no, no. This can't be right. This can't be right. But you know. Again and again, learning how to just, isn't it, just by walking and showing up, showing up. I'm just like beginning to have that sense of of trust and faith that grows simply from this process of being present. So I know there's a lot there. I hope that makes some, some sense. Um, and I thought I would also read another a teaching from Sharon Salzberg, who's a wonderful book on faith, which is in the library, which has lots of really, really great thoughts and reflections on faith. And I think speaks to the same, the same thing in a different way. Um, so she says, faith allows us to claim the possibility. Uh, that we ourselves might change. To find out for yourself runs against the adaptive stance learned in childhood. So, and she says, whatever distant slant we may occupy to leave that and to come close and see directly what is true. So can you hear, I think this to me feels like that same, like the withdrawal the, of, in distrust, to this kind of isolated sense of self that's, you know, kind of just back, caught back away from. And this distant slant, Sharon says, this adaptive stance. Again, like she talks about, you know, learning in childhood, there's a lot of trouble, there's a lot of distress, there's a lot of suffering. And and the way we, when we're in that kind of situation as children and 
perhaps as adults as well, we've learned it's just self-protective coping to kind of, you know, withdraw. And, and, and then somehow, but then that becomes a... Like we just do it all the time, you know, still doing it 56 years later or something. And so there's this possibility of, of as she says coming coming close to our life our life as it actually is in this moment you know again and again more and more deeply to see what is actually true for ourselves knowing we have that ability to find out for ourselves what can free our minds and make us happy and in a way it's the only thing that can isn't it and that's so much what we're doing here it's just again and again trying to find and refine the courage to to come close to stay with you know so what encourages you to me this encourages me i don't know if that sometimes i know people who know me say you find that encouraging like really um but it names something and again again going back to that knowing dukkha understanding dukkha is the proximate cause for the arising of faith like this gives me hope because it's like it names something that is true. I've, I can recognize it in my own experience. And it points the way out. Or it, it points the way through. Right? So it's again that quality of... Um, what inspires you, I propose, is likely to have that quality of meeting you where you are and saying, come on, come on, you're okay. You can go further, go on. Uh, Yeah? So whether it's, you know, being in nature, what inspires you? Whether it's doing your yogi job, whether it's bringing to mind a beloved teacher or friend, know whether it's yeah to know what that is for you right when when where who how (laughs) what um makes you feel met you feel like ah you know where i'm at it's okay it's a good basis you know the situation we're in in our life in our work in our relationships and it's like yeah okay we met there and then we are encouraged forward or we're, we're invited forward. There is a beyond this. There is a bigger than this, right? There's a sense like, a sense of possibility, potential, seeing we are bigger than this. We can be. And probably for you, certainly for me over the years, many, many people without whom I would not be here, for sure, who have encouraged and inspired me and have, you know, those people who have had faith in you when you didn't have any for yourself. But they've seen, they've seen in you and they've communicated to you, your, you know, that potential and somehow you've been able to kind of believe it or a little bit, like 1%, you kind of take that in. It's enough to keep you going, you know, that that, that's the case and being able to bring these to mind makes them portable 
so we can't always be at the forest refuge or you know we can't always be with our cat or with our beloved friend Eddie the bus driver he's one of my bodhisattvas you know these people we can't always be there and be with but we can learn to to bring to mind you know the Buddha or you know Eddie or whoever it is or whatever it is bring to mind a beloved place and in that way feel and find that source of inspiration and encouragement and then it, you see it's like it's portable it's really important that it's portable and then it's something you can find in yourself more readily more often and just maybe one other just one other thing that I want to say um, it's something about um healing our vision of ourselves or our vision of possibility for ourselves. Christina Feldman sometimes talks about a wounded inner vision. And I see this as a process or of a reflection that would be probably different for each one of us of a kind of internalization of the Four Noble Truths. The Four Noble Truths truly, truly, deeply, deeply, authentically home here in our hearts and I would guess that that's going to look and feel sound differently for every single one of us but that's the that's the vision if the Buddha had you know, found the words for of dukkha of, of, of this reality of that and the possibility of meeting that, of understanding that, um, of, of, of understanding that how that ha- happens and, and the possibility of, um, of freedom with that, from that, that, you know, th- th- that we, we're led onwards and we're shown how, we're shown, you know, what, what helps with this. And then we, we internalize that so that we have this vision of our life, our practice, which really includes all of it. It doesn't exclude anything. It's that big. <laughs> and that, that, that it includes that sense of possibility and potential and aspiration that's true and real. And we, it's there, we know it. And includes all the bits that are still broken and twisted up and won't let go. <laughs> it's like, it includes all of it. It includes all of our beauty, all of our wholesome qualities and skillfulness. It includes all of our unskillfulness and our dead ends. And it doesn't exclude anything whatsoever. Um, so to me, this is, I don't know, something of can we find, refine, connect with this real sense of, of vision, an inner vision that um, can keep it, we can we can turn to, connect with. So I think I will conclude these reflections with if I find it oh, um, Another one of my top favorite quotes. This would be in the top ten, I think. Often go back to it, um, and I, I share it because I feel like it also it's uh, 
contains a sense of, of, of vision of our practice which includes the world that we live in and our participation in that. So this is a quotation from uh, Albert Einstein. He said, or wrote, A human being is part of a whole called by us universe. A part limited in time and space. They experience themselves, their thoughts and feelings as something separated from the rest a kind of optical illusion of their consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prison for us, restricting us to our personal desires and to affection for a few persons nearest to us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole nature in its beauty. Nobody is able to achieve this completely, but the striving for such achievement is in itself a part of the liberation and a foundation for inner security. So, um, thank you for your attention. And, hmm. May we, may each of us really know and find and connect with that which inspires and encourages us early and often. So let's uh, close our evening together by chanting the reflection and the sharing of blessings.